coming to BBC America's Dramaville. I had an idea for a novel. A spy story to end all spy stories. Do you write too? I collect. What exactly? Things that take my fancy. A gas pistol disguised as a fountain pen. A shaving brush with secret cavities. You can't win an intelligence war with toys. I disagree. I want someone from outside the system. Someone with the guts to play dirty. Best behavior, Fleming. We don't need a diplomatic incident. You followed me. That's the game, isn't it? For you? Maybe. What's your spy gonna be like? He can be whoever I want him to be. Your fantasy. Is that who he is? Fleming, the man who would be Bond. Premieres Wednesday, January 29th at 10. Bond, that's what you should call him. Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to the James Bond Complex, the show where we discuss and rejoice in the James Bond phenomenon in all its shapes and forms, from Fleming to the films and everything in between. Oh, and this week we are doing both Fleming and a film. Oh, yeah. Well, technically, this is week two, so we're now we're doing. Well, technically, it's not a film. That's true. It's a it's a BBC miniseries mm-hmm. titled Fleming, the Man Who Would Be Bond, uh, starring Dominic Cooper, a decent actor. It's not the first time I'd seen him in, in stuff, although for the life of me, I couldn't tell you what else I've seen him in. He's um, one of those, ah, oh, yes, yes, I know this actor. What the bloody hell have I seen him in? I don't know. He's um, Howard Stark in um, uh, Avengers, no, not Avengers. Uh, Avengers Cap- Endgame? Kept, we might see his face in like a news clipping. He's already started uh, in uh, Captain America: The First Avengers, and he, he, I, he, he, that. I think he was also in the TV show that uh, Agent Carter. Okay. I think he showed up for that also. Uh, maybe that's why I know him. Some I don't know. But solid actor. So they got this guy to play Ian Fleming. So basically, what the BBC did, I believe, in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, they released a four-part miniseries, uh, not not about his whole life. It's really about his wartime experiences and his loves, and uh, it, it's a it's inspired. I, funnily enough, I think at the end of the fourth episode, it does say inspired. Yeah, Ireland Vance, because we, we did we don't know Fleming's life, you know, like the back of our own hand. But I remember last year, you know, more or less a year ago at this point, we had to start preparing our From Fleming to Film uh, Comic-Con uh, presentation, which required us to maybe figure out, well, what the hell did Ian Fleming do with his life? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this is obviously maybe a bit of an exaggerated version, but, the you know, the I get it. It, it is inspired by his real life. Like, there, there's, there's stuff there that's like, oh, yes, I remember. I do remember reading something about that, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of... Uh Similar information that we came across that is in this miniseries. Mm. I did write a synopsis, although, you know, was... I wanted to hear it, so... You know what? It's it's, it's actually not that funny. I I still want to hear it. (laughs) It's it's not the usual stuff. This is like... This is like four four episodes out of like fifty minutes long. I I ain't gonna pay attention to all the plot points to write. No, no, no. I don't expect you to. Suspense, intrigue, action, and plenty of sex. 
No, this isn't some frivolous James Bond adventure, but rather the early adulthood of one Ian Fleming. Englishman, pathetic stockbroker, chain smoker, womanizer, and gifted with a wild, brilliant imagination. This is the story of the mark he leaves on a woman, on England, and the entire world. The man who would be Bond is about just that. How Ian Fleming, through his trials and tribulations as a disappointing son, lousy brother, aimless playboy, ultimately became something of a secret weapon within British intelligence during World War II while serving under Admiral Godfrey of the British Navy. Energized in part by an insatiable desire to prove that he can be the sort of hero his brother was, the latter having seen plenty of frontline combat, as well as an indescribable drive to have as much fun while handling terribly serious business, Fleming made his mark in more ways than one. From participating with American allies in the early day talks for what would eventually become the CIA, forming the 30 Assault Unit, a dastardly lot of reckless, overly zealous hooligans that planted fear in the minds of Britain's enemies, to conjuring a plethora of unique cloak-and-dagger operations, Fleming frequently appeared at the very center of all the action during World War II, sometimes by chance, and sometimes through his own tenacity. The action so to speak, was not limited to planning fantastical subterfuge operations against the Axis, however. Nay, the young socialite was quite at ease with a number of women, among them the very pretty model Muriel Wright, also known as Moo, and the woman with whom he would have his most complicated relationship, Anne O'Neill, herself no stranger to living large, romantically speaking. Married to a man sent to the front lines, she's already frolicking in an extramarital affair when Fleming enters her life. Large egos, large desires, and a large longing for one another despite their verbal and physical skirmishes, it would seem the two are made for each other, a union formed from a paradise in hell. Covering the brief period of Fleming's life from the start of the war to its very final days with brief bookend moments of his life in Goldeneye in Jamaica, the man who would be Bond offers you as a taste of what Fleming lived through during Britain's most terrifying and riveting chapter of the 20th century, both professionally and personally. Coupled with his wicked flair for creativity, is it any wonder he would shortly thereafter give birth to the spy we all love? Thus ends the <laughs> would be Bond. It's quite good. I mean... Uh... You know, if I was gonna ma- adapt uh, Fleming for f- for for a feature film, I would actually uh, use part of your your introduction, your your resume as a, the pitch a, as a pitch. Yeah, because yeah, first, it's more a pitch, it's not a resume. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it. How do you want to go through this this this? Because do you want to? Do it as a first of all. This thing can't be very popular because you. It's it's tough to find. It's in 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 the corners of the internet that I sometimes use. It's tough to find, so I uh, I have my official iTunes copy. Okay, with, so a, you, with a behind the scenes documentary. <laughs> oh, I, I would actually not mind seeing a behind the scenes documentary because there, it's actually like I'll, I'll give it some praise. It's for. A t- for a mini series, a TV mini series, it's quite lavishly like the the they they, they, they put some money on the sets. Yeah, you can tell uh, on the costumes. On you, the... you can sometimes tell they put money. Yeah, and you can also sometimes tell like oh, 
<laughs> oh, we we have this bon bunker from World War II. Uh, it looks really, really old and dusty, but we're going to pretend it's just stopped being used yesterday. Well, we forgot to decorate this set. Let's just make it moody and not have any lighting. <laughs> so there's there's some liberty liberty taken. Oh, and my my favorite my favorite part is when they they, they show Camp X, mm. which is apparently now in the it was in the Rockies. Yeah, even though it went very flat, Whidbey, Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, do they say Rocky? I, th I, I remember they just, just say saying Canada. Camp, uh, Camp X, Canada. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, no. I know where Camp X was, and it's it's not there. Yeah, well, we we alluded to the fact that the man who would be Bond takes certain liberties, as as most movies and miniseries do. I mean, one of the I, I one of the, I remember back when I uh, was. Raving over Gladiator back in the day. I love Gladiator soap, and don't you know they didn't hide tigers beneath the ring? Shut up! Don't ruin my fun. It's <laughs> like <laughs> no, it, this it, is that. It didn't ruin. It just it, honestly, I, I found it cute because I'm like, if you just showed what Cap X like, there, there's nothing very Canadian about what it looked like. Probably it's no. just like it's on the side of the uh, Ontario Lake, and it's just like. Bader dish and mm. a few bunkers and well spice it up make it snow make it the Rockies that's what people frankly that's what people associate with Canada make it snowy yeah <laughs> so like I, it's such a minor element of it of the he's also there for like all the forty five seconds in this series yeah he's not there what's uh, protocol K you'll find out <laughs> cut we're never in Canada again you know it's like um, yeah, it's it. It was. I was kind of anxious to see this. I, I knew of it when you when you suggested this lineup. I was like, ah, oh, right, right. No, that's a thing, right? That's a thing. There's another one I've seen that uh, that they've they've made. I think two or three, either TV movies or miniseries, or uh, they, they try to adapt Fleming into a like his life story into a film. And there's one with, um, with Sean Connery's son. I don't remember his name. Really? Yeah. I when I saw it as a kid, I kind of like it, and I tried to rewatch it before prepping for this. And ooh, and <laughs> now I know more about Fleming than I did back then. And it, it and first of all, like cast, casting wise, they they never even with this new series, they never cast somebody who feels not even looks. I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, I don't really care about the looks, but but it feels like Fleming. They, no, like Fleming had. Uh, a, fl a flare, uh, a little bit more flamboyant. Yeah. And when they cast him, the, the, who, the role. Who are we talking about? Cooper or Sean Connery's son? The, both of them. <laughs> okay. Like okay. Sean Connery's son got the part because uh, his last Connery's name son. is Connery. And that's that's pretty much it. Um, he's unmemorable in the part. I mean, um, what's her name? She's in the first Mission Impossible. She more or less plays the. Uh, uh, Anne O'Neill. They kind of combine Anne O'Neill and uh, Muriel Wright into the same character, so she kind of okay. dies in the end. And it's, it's, but and even like there's a part where Fleming gets shot. He's never like they 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 make him more of a spy in that miniseries. Mm. And they 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 yeah, it's not it's not. Whereas this miniseries, the one thing they do get right is that Fleming wasn't a front man. He uh, wanted to be. Wanted to be. But he never really got a shot until maybe the very end. Yeah, but that's that's 
BS. The, the ending, the last episode is him on a mission, and th that's complete fiction. There's yeah, I don't remember reading any of that. <laughs> no, no, there's, there's they took liberties because they, and that's the thing. They, they, I think they wanted to do. They, they want to, because basically, like James Bond from the book, James Bond is an extension. Uh, uh, superior version let's say of Ian Fleming well the movie Bond is sort of a Frankenstein version it's, it's more like mm. a creation like a they, they adapted the character but they they changed a lot of of his uh, more important components and it's it has like the movie Bond has such a big shadow on pop culture that when they try to adapt the creator of James Bond they, they're not adapting the literary bond creator there i think movie bond and i think when they cast De uh, um, dominic cooper they didn't cast somebody who looked like bond they cast somebody who felt like connery and it kind of looks more like connery than bond got connery a bit of a connery vibe yeah uh, i guess what they did the man who would be bond is is almost an extension of what the original film creators uh, cubby and, and harry did you know a, a frankenstein version it was a frankenstein version of what was on the page what was on the page was a superhero version of fleming so when the bbc showed up to make a story about fleming well they did like the frankenstein version of ian fleming it's it, it is <laughs> you know that with the the, the myth oh, it's not really a Myth, but you know James Bond in the book on the page is is you you said it yourself. You actually put it in a very nice way. It's the superhero version of Ian Fleming. So since that's what the idea that most people have of who James Bond of the books is, I guess it felt natural to in order to sell this miniseries. You know the pitch was we don't want to make it too boring. Let's limit it to the wartime years, which is you know more World War Two stuff. Yay. More killing Nazis, yay! <laughs> uh, but let's actually give it a basically. Let's let's tell the story of Ian, Ian Fleming's World War II chapter like it's a James Bond book. Yeah, that's basically what this is. Yeah, it's in it's life. It's art imitating life that was imitating art that was inspired by life. <laughs> it, it, it is weird. You must be Fleming. Second Officer Monday. Oh, what a pleasure. I'm Admiral Godfrey's secretary. Yes, yes. So, what has the old boy told you about us? Not much. I've done some reading. Excellent. Signal codes? No. Bucken. Kipling. Mm. I suppose that's a joke. Shame, I was hoping you'd last longer than the others. And already we're off on the wrong foot. We need information. Signals, reports, charts, maps. If the Nazis develop a torpedo, we need details. But firstly, we need order. Our left hand doesn't know what our right hand's doing. Not to worry. I'm good with my hands. Another joke. This isn't going well, in case you're wondering. And episode one starts, it's not yet World War II. Like we On the cusp of World War II. But we see so many like little vignettes. I'm like that because we we did the research we did last year. I'm like, oh, I remember that. The fact that he's a book collector, like a rare book collector. I'm like, oh, no. I remember that. Uh, his uh, he gets into a little bit of trouble because he's collecting a first edition of Mein Kampf. Yeah, you know, it's. I, although I did like the fact that you know they he believes they're accusing him of something. They act they're actually like 
pretty impressed by him. And, well, you know, they're impressed by some of the qualities he has. I'm not sure he's done anything to impress that many people. It's made quite clear he's a terrible stockbroker, <laughs> doesn't get along with his family. He's still unmarried. Uh, he, he loves boning women left and which is, I guess, is not a problem per se. But, you know, he's basically not living... To his full potential. No, he's not living to his full potential, but but certainly the the fact that he knows German, the fact that he could actually s- set up that little situation where he actually pretended to be a Nazi sympathizer to get a free... Like, it takes some cleverness. That takes a little bit of planning and some practice. So I think they see that in him. Admiral Godfrey sees that in him, and, and, and that's where they hire him. Like, I kind of, you know, that was like, okay, I don't know if it really happened like that, but it's a f- cool little scene, you know? It's like, again, it's... It's in f- taking the notion of James Bond was inspired by Ian Fleming, so let's show Ian Fleming the James Bond, like the James Bond version of Ian Fleming, which is that's what this is. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you don't see, that, that doesn't sound like you were terribly impressed by it. You know, overall. I, I, there's some things I like, but, you know, is it because I I've, I've did the research that I've done? But I mean, uh, Dominic Cooper plays Ian Fleming, and he to me he's always angry, and like I've the interview I've seen of uh, of uh, Fleming, he's more like he's more of a charmer. Like I find like the and when you, he's also not at war. Yeah, I know, but you know that the man had to be charming to, in order to get with you. like he's a charmer. He's a ladies' man. He's not. You don't. You don't get. You know, ladies' men are really like angry mm, and yeah. scowl face and uh, there's almost a uh, rather than being a a charmer and witty, it feels like Cooper's playing him with a um, confidence. Yes, but. Uh, what is my like a drive? He's 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 driven by some sort of undescribable energy, almost as opposed to affability, Effort, effortless like affability, effortless charm. This version of Fleming is like I'm gonna go get him. You, you know, know, I I think I would love to have drinks with Ian Fleming. I think he would have Christ. been. He would have loved to tell stories. I, I'm pretty sure if he got him started, like he could have like told all you know uh, all this. Like that's that's my, like you know, it's based fantasy. on fantasy. Yeah, it's fantasy. Like Show I, up to I've, Jamaica. Like, oh. oh, I've been listening to your podcast, the James Bond Comedy. I say, Matthew Edgar, would you care to spend a long weekend in Jamaica? I'm fees on me. I'm, I'm <laughs> bloody rich, anyways, with these frivolous little books I write. You appear to like them quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> go a little bit of snorkeling that, 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 like that's the and, and cooper is and it's i don't blame him like it, it's either direction i've looked at who wrote the that 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 the scripts or these and the, the, one of them re- wrote uh, i'm gonna be honest i watched it i did nothing else to prepare for this episode i the director mostly did the work for with um uh, cold play did the video documentaries on them i think a, a couple of music videos the writers wrote uh one of them wrote uh episodes of dark angel um and not the the, the a tv miniseries dark angel not the uh, jessica alba uh, one and he wrote i think i saw something that x-men origins wolverine no 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 there's something that oh <laughs> uh, oh my god he wrote the um avengers 1998 Oh, the Uma Thurman. Uh, yes. M. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's M. Appeal and <laughs> with Steve. Sean Connery, no less. Yeah, Sean Connery. So he, he, they don't have that 
not uh, the best uh, track record track liquor record and i'm like yeah th- this feels like somebody who read watched a few like the entire miniseries watch a few interviews read a few articles on fleming and so, like, there's no they saw the blueprint of a great you know sexy suspenseful adventure and they decided to make that again i don't think it's bad i was I suppose getting you know the vibe I'm getting off of of you. I, I guess I I probably liked it more than you, although I didn't love it. It's not uh, my first time. This is the, the, the second or the third time I watch it. I think I watched it years ago oh, okay. when when I I actually bought this years ago when it was kind of new, and I I think well, it's I, not that old. It's like 2014. Yeah, I and like probably bought it in 2015 2016 around years ago that's, in 2016 that's years ago <laughs> as we say that? this in 2019 well i, I would have to check you're, my you're correct it but is it's multiple years <laughs> it's more than one <laughs> uh but it's it's you know i, I kind of enjoyed it the first time then we we started doing this podcast and i, th- I think last summer before we did our uh, or that, that was partly part of my research i kind of used okay. that uh because i was trying to like like get as much fleming in my brains as possible <laughs> That's when you realize oh i don't think i'll be using this for and uh, i got honestly the second time i tried I, I got bored i stopped watching it i think i, I watched oh you stopped because you were bored i was Otherwise, bored. I, th- I thought you would have stopped because you're like this is not what i read i can't mm-hmm. use this for the presentation no i the, not, not only that but i was I, I was bored and i remember the last episode the, from my first watching i'm like i i think the last episode you could interpret him as t- him telling a story of it is him so it's not really doesn't real. it jump cut it flash cuts or, yeah how do, what do they call that flash cut quick cut you know like it quick cuts uh, back to london yeah that's what happened that's your version of what happened you know yeah you, you, you never like, were one for the reality or whatever the hell they say yeah, I'm like, yeah, there's a lot, you know. That it kind of makes the fourth episode a little frivolous because if it's really just yeah. him telling a version of something that might have happened and it's like half an hour long of this 45-minute episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean. Could have been a three-part miniseries. <laughs> pretty much, but I feel like, the, you know, that's a problem with biopics. Uh, when you adapt somebody's life, I think I'm, you you have to select a portion. You have to like try and make a narrative of, a, of somebody's real life, and like Fleming is known for creating James Bond, and maybe that memo f- for really deep World War Two uh, uh, era like spy, CIA CIA that that CIA memo and that uh, mincemeat uh, inspirational memo like mm. that those are the three things that. Um, I do like that part of like the, the the episodes are sort of melding together. I'm not going to quote which one it is, but I do like. I'm just I just see it as like one movie in my head. I do like the part where they are planning that, and he's yes. like he's really into. We have to know how who he was, who he loved, what he believed in. We have to know this man, and, but I, if and I he's almost affected by it. Like yeah. he's really investing everything he's got into creating this person who never existed which will of course go into eventually creating james bond but i did like that that's it was uh you know it's one of those magical movie slash tv moments where it's a biography so we know what this is leading to we know he made james bond and it's one of those magical moments uh, whether they actually said those things or not who knows but magical in so far as uh this is like 
He likes creating this stuff. He likes making this stuff up. And, you know, what is he going to do a couple years later? He'll make something else up, which will earn him plenty of money, you know, so. And that's also one thing I, at first, I, I, I was like, I, I thought they were going to go back more often to the, because they're in the 1950s. That when the book, the, the movie, the TV miniseries opens, you're in the 1950s, and he's swimming, and he sees his uh, future wife swimming. And uh, I got to say, like, Damn, I love that actress. Well, She's really good. You know what? Uh, well, Lara Pulver, right? Pulver, Lara Pulver. Yeah. She comes out of the water. So the 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 uh, pre-title, the first scene is, is at GoldenEye. Yeah. Or in the water, whatever. He's doing his usual snorkeling. And so they're swimming together. He shoots a fish. They get, they get back. She takes off the goggles. And I'm like, I know this actress. Like, what? I don't... It took me all four episodes, <laughs> all four episodes, to remember that she plays uh, the cre the, the the one who's smarter than Sherlock in all those Sherlock uh, stories. Irene Adler. Irene Adler. Yes, yeah. in the BBC. The well, first time she of BBC. She's yeah. quite memorable the first time she shows up on that that series. Yeah. she's fantastic. And two things, you know, you know what struck me first? It took me four freaking episodes to remember what I could, what I saw her in. But do you know what really hit me when I when I saw her it, as as I'm wrestling? They're like, "Where the hell have I seen this this woman?" She's evergreen. Yes, I would, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm. I wouldn't be surprised if she 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 at the time was in the running for that role. She she looks like evergreen. If she certainly uh, acts like it, uh, and her version of Anne O'Neill is basically evergreen. Yes, but you know what. Bond cast, cast, they haven't announced casting for Bond twenty five, but eight, if they if they need like a Bond girl that that reminds <gasps> Bond of Evergreen, they should cast her. Oh, like man. what's her name? Uh, Mur- uh, the, the the one that plays uh, Muriel Wright. Oh, I'm I'm always down for a little bit of Annabelle Wallace. Annabelle Wallace, she's uh, apparently related to Richard Harris. I think yeah. she's his uh, cousin or. Niece I did a little bit of. I read what I, I read about what I like. She's <laughs> fluent in English, Spanish, Portuguese, and French. Oh, oh we should have her on fluent. the fluent. We should have her on the podcast. I'm gonna cut that second part out, <laughs> <laughs> or just shorten it. Uh, yeah, no, she's delightful. You're gonna say something about her though. Uh, she was in a. Uh, I think she was in a James Bond spoof. Uh, she was in the Brothers Grimsby. Which honestly, <laughs> je, je cherche, je you, trouve pas. You, it's a Sasha Cohen, Sasha Baron Cohen movie, um, okay. and it's basically those two. Like, uh, you can cut this part off, but there's one point, or actually, you know, censor it. It's gonna be funnier. At one point, uh, Sasha, well, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Borat, and what's the the guy who plays um, um, Mark Strong? Uh, they're Brothers, but oh, they've been vaguely. separated for for years. Vaguely. Mark Strong is like a super spy, and uh, Bo- Sasha Borat is, is like uh, Borat is like a imbecile hooligan, and they get in stuck into an adventure and uh, the, the spy sure, adventure, yeah. and eventually they have to save the world. But there's one part where they have to hide from the bad guys, if I remember correctly, and they have to like um, there's a herd of elephants, and they jump into a, uh, an elephant's. I, it's, I think it's a... Or is it, I don't remember if it's a bottle or... A-
for the both of them get into uh, her organs and they think they're safe and people the people they're hiding from start looking for them and they they <laughs> see a herd of male elephants coming in and this is where you censor the stuff fucking that elephant and they fuck the elephant they they, they <laughs> the guys get bruised by the, the elephants <laughs> And they get covered in boom yuck, and um, eventually other elephants start, and it's a gang <laughs> of elephants, and <laughs> eventually they, they they come they get out and they, they they're actually taking a bath together and they're covered in boom yuck everywhere, and it's disgusting. But Annabelle Willis is uh, is sort of like the, uh, the like bond a, girl. a bond girl slash she's not an assassin but she's a contact and she's supposed to be the like a sort of a sexy contact but she's like uh, one point bar thinks she's just a maid and it, it gets confused her <laughs> Okay. It's it's a silly movie. Your description's pretty good. It, is the movie good? It's a gross outcome. It depends on, on your like I don't want to spoil like I spoiled you one of the like the, the, the set piece of the movie, but if you love gross outcome, I mean gross outcome, mm. the gross little, like, little hit or miss. And if if you love Borat, you might actually enjoy that. Oh, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it's, I think it's on Netflix, so you I mean you might want to give it a try. Like honestly, if you if you don't like the first uh, fifteen minutes, turn turn it off. <laughs> Fair enough. Or just so Google. Annabelle Wallace is a peach. <laughs> she, she's a peach. She's a, she was also in the Mummy movie with the Tom Cruise. I think that's where I saw her first actually. No. So uh, Annabelle Wallace is uh, gorgeous. Oh um, man. She's very delightful. She's not. It's not exactly a character. She, it's not a character that's as complex as Anne O'Neill. Anne O'Neill is the more fascinating character, and also played by a talented and beautiful actress. But there's certainly something. Uh, there's something very classical about Annabelle Wallace. She's sort of like the. Um, I don't like the perfect blonde. I don't mean it quite in that sense, but. You know, she she sort of is. Uh, she's she, she's a bit of a vision. <laughs> she's very charming. And she has. Um... I feel like a girl next door quality. She's super beautiful, but she doesn't come off as. Uh, yeah, I know. It, it's it's like she she's not fully aware of how drop dead gorgeous she yeah. is, so she behaves like a normal person, <laughs> you know. And I I do that does um, that adds that, to her, her her charm. Yeah, that does get me on. But her so. character <laughs> feels. Her character feels like it's a it's a combination of multiple. From what I remember, it's mostly uh, the real Murrow Wright, but I mean, there are, there, there's a few details here and there. Oh, like that, many things in this mini series, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to to learn that this BBC version of Muriel Wright or Moo, which what you <laughs> Moo Moo is is actually a conflation of of, of many of Fleming's flames. Yes, to put it that way. Uh, so, yeah, and, and well, she's not it for the whole series. She's off, like, I think, at the end of the second episode. Yes, it's quite tragic. I mean, they got that right because from what or from what the, everything I've read about Fleming, that actually got to him when she she died because she she went to get his favorite cigarettes. She died really for for no good reason, and Fleming felt some guilt mm. because he kind of toyed with her. And yeah, yeah, because he's um, t t to no one's surprise. No, he's trying to bone. Well, he is boning Muriel. He wants to bone Anne. So yeah, he is. 
you do get this sense during those the first two episodes of the one where Muro features a fair amount. You do get a sense that uh, she's not the one of the two that's going to be at the end of this this mini series, and you also get the sense that Fleming is never really fully concentrated on her. Like he's and fascinates her, which which I think is makes their relationship quite fascinating. Like she fascinates him just as he fascinates her in a sense, whereas Muriel ends up really just being a, a plaything, which is is sad because she's quite nice. Like she's just really pleasant and 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 gorgeous and uh, I want to marry her and I'm sorry, excuse me. Yes. Are you so talking about the, the character or your intention <laughs> for uh, Annabelle Wallace? Hopefully she's not listening. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, but you do you do get a sense like this one's this is not gonna end well. Like yeah, the no, real the meat uh, is uh, uh her uh, is uh, Fleming and Anne. Fleming, really. Fleming clearly cares more about Anne O'Neill than he does. And uh, uh Mural Wright clearly cares more for Fleming than Fleming does yeah. for her. Like it's a, well, there's a great scene where uh, Muriel and Anne are, are sharing coffee, I think, and and she and Anne warns Muriel not like she but threaten him, but what what she does, I mean, and and I don't know, I don't like the way it's presented. Like, we're talking about real character in a fictional context, but I don't think in the way that she's presented, Anne didn't really like. Uh, Fleming, but because she, she another woman than her had her, it made Fleming more desirable because she, uh, uh, she, 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 uh, Muriel Wright, uh, seems so much in love with him, and she, and she's like, yeah, I think I can, I, 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 I think if I just show up, I can bang this guy, and <laughs> you're like, she does it almost out mm. of spite. And one, one a little bit of bond in her, yeah. just yeah. likes to, and 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 all, all of their love making when it's shown, it's violent. What are you doing? Are you mad? You followed me. That's the game, isn't it? For you. Maybe. Esmond's waiting. Can't hear the sirens. We should go. False alarm. Bloody fool. Oh, between Anne and uh, yeah, and, and Fleming. Fleming. Oh God! I mean, the what? Well, basically, the first one is basically rape. Yeah, it's like there's no. I want to say beating around the bush, it's, but that's not right. It's BDSM. Oh, she's yeah. It, when, yes, you know what? You're right. I, I mean, I, the first shock is that my God, he's raping her. Then she starts like grinning and like, <laughs> yeah. Oh no, no, they. <laughs> that's when I went. Oh, there was a book a couple of years ago and. 
it's some people try to make it a controversy. Oh my God, Ian Fleming was into BDSM. Oh my God, I'm like, Bingo. yeah, of course he wrote, he created James Bond, and you know, it's. it's well, I don't think you have to be into BDSM yeah, but to create, but it's, it's like. It's not a surprise. I think I think I knew. I've known that for years. I'm like, yeah, there's not there's nothing. Here. I don't so care. I didn't know it, and I don't care. I don't care. But I I, I knew. But I'm like, oh, okay. But that, it, it, people can do it's whatever they pot. want when, when they're at home alone. But I'm like, people are really into some 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 is, kinky is, stuff. Is is there any literature about Anne enjoying that kind of stuff or? Uh, BDSM. BDSM. I mean, I, I, man, I, I, my my knowledge is of of her is limited. But I mean, she married the dude, so we've talked before. I mean, we did the presentation, but mm-hmm. that was like forty five minutes, and most of it was on about no, most I not more of it was on the bonds, like oh, first yeah, fifteen minutes. I mean, but we I'll, should probably do like a a real. Fleming, I mean, hey, you know what? Any excuse to talk about Fleming is a good one. Eventually, I mean, John Pearson wrote another book about, yeah. like, the first book he wrote should, is about uh, Fleming. We should do a, an episode about that. Though. I mean, I'll dig out this uh, biography and I'll find a copy online mm. and uh, we'll we'll, mm. we'll get it. I, yeah, I wouldn't be opposed yeah, to that. No. Actually, I would probably super like I, I would probably give another in- level of enjoyment of the Bond books, knowing more about the critics. We know the tidbits that everybody knows but you know get, getting deeper yeah, it would be interesting it would be fun so back to this masterpiece <laughs> uh, I'm I mean facetious I actually sort of enjoyed it it's it's but. not that bad it's just that you know the, the fourth episode is you know what it is yeah well I, again I figured I you know as it was moving along I was like yeah I don't remember reading this I don't think this happened it, but whatever it's enjoyable but then it, when it does that flash cut and it's like, oh, he really is just telling his story. <laughs> I, I f- Why did we do this? Yeah. But I feel like, you know, if the way I would have preferred is that the bookend comes back from at the end of episode, each episode. You see him at GoldenEye and he's struggling with an issue that he struggled in the, the episode. You see episode one. I mean, it's about him committing to like uh, to, to World War II. You see him committing, having t- trouble. You know, you thematically no. No. fit something tie in tie in in what he's most known for writing the bond books with his His inspiration where did he find the inspiration how does bond get out of this one you know it kind of makes me think of this episode of my life (laughs) some sort of garbage like that yeah you know know. i mean i i think this miniseries is a missed opportunity it's you know the, the good thing is that each time they try to tell uh fleming's story in a cinematic or TV or whatever, they improve on the previous version. Well, how many? You say each there's time. Like three. How, there's three. three. There's one I... with Sun Connery's son, and there's one called Spy Maker. I, I have not seen that one. Jeez. It's with, uh, what's the guy's name? He's, he's the villain in Last Action Hero. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while. You know what? Uh, live internet searching. Um, okay, Google. Okay, Google. Spy Maker TV movie Ian Fleming. Spy Maker: The Secret Life of Ian Fleming, uh, a 1990 TV biographical film. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Uh, oh, that's not even the one I'm thinking about. <laughs> oh, no, that's that's the one. The, the the Connery one. That's the one. Spy Maker. Oh, the man with the golden typewriter. I think. I thought you were gonna say the man with the golden tit. 
No, that's not. Uh, wait, 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 no, a Man with a Golden Typewriter is a book. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Which a book I have to buy actually. Apparently, it's a series of letters he wrote. Oh, really? Between him and and one of his his good friends who was still in in yeah. England. Wait, uh, apparently, it's quite good actually. I'm actually shocked oh, I don't have that. We'll reverse it. Re- re- reverse research it. Um, so I'm gonna Google. Uh, it's um, oh Charles Dance. That's who I'm thinking about. Oh. Okay, Charles Dance. Game of Co- Thrones. Charles Dance. Yep. Alien Three. Charles Dance. Yep. That nice. one. Good actor, I like him. And he more—he looks more like like of of the ones that uh, he looks more like Fleming than everyone else. You know, if he does, if that that's somebody they could actually get for Montreal Comic Con. I, I I don't. It is cool when they find an actor or actress that has a physical resemblance to the to the real life personality they're portraying. It it, it is cool. It does make it more a little bit more believable. I would put that number two, though. I think number one is more the personality. I what know. sort of vibe does the actor but I, or actress bring? That's also, I think, he, f- he feels a bit more... Because, I, I mean, Dominic Cooper felt like a kid in dress-up the entire time for me. Um, so, how about that? There's maybe a, a slight quality of him being a little <laughs> rough around the edges. He He just wasn't that smooth. Like, I could see him play... A spy that's a little rough around the edges. I, I'd give him that contract and sign him up for that movie. But Fleming just had this aura again, and we're saying this based off of what two or three like ten minute you know interviews. But still, you can still you can still extrapolate th- some things from mm-hmm. barely thirty minutes of footage. And clearly, this guy was extremely easy, an easy talker, a smooth talker, very witty, very charming. Clearly knowledgeable, you know, surprisingly level-headed for a guy that wrote a lot of like sexist and misogynist and and racist. In real life, he was actually fairly level-headed, uh, much much more astute than what his books give off sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a there's an interview he does, and he, he the, the 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 interviewer asks him what he about his uh, James Bond's uh, pet peeves, like uh, this distaste of uh, people with Windsor nods <laughs> and. and there, like his reaction, he kind of like smiles and it's like, yeah, yeah, I really. He, he kind of, <laughs> you see it, and he gets yeah. excited about yeah. it. I'm like, that's 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 the real Fleming. Mm. That's the mm. guy that has those really tiny, precise pet peeves and yeah. really gets off gets off on them. One of the best. Uh, I have the title of the movie, and it's a, but it's not a movie. It's a two two part miniseries, and it was uh, called a Golden Eye. And it's been, they had the subtitle, The Secret Life of Jan Fleming. It's a television movie. Okay, it's a television movie uh, from 1999. And it stars Charles Dance as uh, Jan Fleming, but I've never seen it. So they there's three main versions. This one, I don't know if it's any good, but it's apparently based on John Pearson's book. So I'd be actually... Oh, inter- I thought you talked yeah, about no, this the, 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 the other <laughs> one. Uh, I, I... Oh, oh my God. I... I you know, it says the screenwriter read uh, Reg Granley as a small part Your as granny? James Bond. So I don't know if they're do- <laughs> they might have done what I su- suggested that they did. They do. That'd be interesting. Now I want to get that. We should review that next. Next month. Cancel uh, plans. Eventually. Cancel New York. <laughs> Cancel New York. Yeah. Right. So. Um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. It, you know, the 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 look doesn't, but the, the it helps though. I'm not saying it doesn't it help. Helps. But but vibe and personality and and persona is I would put that at number one. And even then, although I like Cooper, 
it's it. He doesn't. Um, if I don't know, if he was playing somebody that was like Fleming but not Ian Fleming, I'd buy it more. But he's playing Ian Fleming, so I don't buy it enough. I don't entirely not buy it. I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll just have half that sandwich. I don't want the whole. I'm not buying the whole sandwich. You know, there's um, years ago. I don't think that's ever gonna happen. But the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio kind of. I don't know if he bought the rights or what happened, but he was supposed to make a Ian Fleming biopic. Rings a distant bell. It's really. Th- it's around like 2007, 2008. So I don't think that's ever gonna happen. But like him would have worked. But you know who else? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Seth Pro- Rogen? Professor X in... Uh, Patrick Stewart? The other one. James McAvoy? James oh, that Mac- would work, yeah. James McAvoy, I'm like... Yeah, yeah that would work. That, that Good actor, good British... He's Scottish, but he's got a good English accent. Yeah, that would work. That would work. He's, he's Scottish, right? I don't want to insult him. Irish? Scottish? I can't remember. You never hear him in his true... He's always playing American or Brit or English. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I have heard him I, actually I, talk. I think he's Scottish. I, he... he, he Kind of looks like Fleming, and he he can pil- play a little bit more f- like is Professor X, but like a lewd version of Professor X, yeah. kind of charming, kind of. Eh, mm. So that's yeah, yeah it, w- it, w- it would work. I mean, it's here fun. here it's just like it's it feels un- the the script is undercooked, uh, which is weird because it's four. There are four forty-five minute episodes, so it's weird that it feels. Undercooked. They had so they basically got three hours to. What's forty five times? Yeah, three hours. Like, and yeah, it does feel a little. It does feel like we're hopping about, maybe a little bit too much. Like, there's they either they needed to cram as much as they wanted to in. Or there's no narrative, n- narrative uh, through line. If you yeah, ha- no, it's it's very it's episodic, almost almost to a fault. It's episodic to a fault. There's nothing thematic going on. But I have a question for you. If like. If you're not a Bond fan, you should watch episode one. Do you continue? Do you think, like, I don't know uh, what, what the ratings were for this thing, but I, it can't have been that great. Or they would have, you know what? They, they could have done a second season? Could have done a second season. Could have. Uh... I don't know if they're, they're into attention, but I mean, the beginning of the miniseries doesn't book him and it feels like it, it should book him with them at GoldenEye and well it does but it's totally meaningless it just it just flashes forward back to him on the typewriter with that oh they married eventually in this year and that year and next year he published Casino Rail and it ends like, yeah. there's no true bookend they just we just see them for 30 seconds again in GoldenEye I think they just want him to see to see Fleming at GoldenEye and say yay but it's weird that they didn't actually choose to do something in the bookend because we do see them for a couple of minutes at the start of the first episode I at know. GoldenEye. I don't understand why they did. And the, the last 10 minutes are really weird. Everything from the moment that he goes upstairs because they tell it's the end of World War II. The fireworks are exploding everywhere. We're, let's have a party party. Uh, party like it's 1945. <laughs> and you know that's a that's, and, that's uh, a good one or 1944 rather yeah um, I know but and and so someone tells him at the party oh Anne's upstairs she by the way is going to marry the person she cheated on her now deceased husband with Rotomir something like that something like that and Desmond yeah Desmond so he goes upstairs but she's already gone because she's gone to 
his like they they actually think about the same thing at the same time, oh, yeah. but they don't cross. That's a, and then it ends. They're in Goldeneye for twenty seconds, and we're told they married. I'm like, what kind of an ending was? Like, what happened there? Yeah, it's a, that's a really bizarre way to end a three hour. It's, it's like I said, it's not that. It's not like I. It's not that bad, but I mean, they could have done much better. Well, if that had, if there was like half an hour left in episode four, and oh no, they missed each other, but don't worry, there's more. But no, it ends with that. What? Yeah. <laughs> there's some good things, though. Uh, you know, pr- production was like, I loved the, the recreation of 1955, uh, 1945, 1940s London. But I love one thing is that they show like a balloons everywhere. And I was like, what the hell? Where are those? Oh, and yeah. I, and I was not aware. It's a balloon barrage. It's to like de- deflect uh, air attacks. They're yeah. Pre- they're afraid of. Uh, it's pretty awesome. So, yeah. No, I was like, wow. that I I do like the gentleman that plays Sir Edmund Godfrey. It's pretty I, good. Yeah. I like it. They, 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 there's the ca- a cast for a, a, a if they want to reboot James Bond again, there's a get him to play M. Get, get him to play get M. Cooper to play Bond. No, not Cooper. He's, <laughs> he's like too short, and that's the thing he's that a little short. Yeah, like, like Fleming was. We're like, keeping Annabelle Wallace though. Oh, we're okay. No, 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 no. We're bringing her for Bond twenty five, like right now, a shooting. So we're casting her. Apparently, they can't seem to cast anyone. So. <laughs> You know, by the time this this uh, this is released, Bond Twenty Five hopefully has started shooting. Oh man, we got so much stuff. We have so much stuff down the pipeline. By the time this comes out, Bond Twenty Five will have been released. <laughs> <laughs> one hopes, one hopes. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I, I'm beat, man. There's not like I I'm not I can't get terribly excited for this TV miniseries, and you know I, I but I can't like. You know what this is like. This is like someone understood that James Bond is a marketable brand, but they don't have the rights. So what's the next best thing? Well, apparently the Fleming guy was kind of like James Bond himself. Apparently the Bond of the books is yeah. is a reflection or, or a superhero version of Fleming, the author. So this so is Thunderball 2. No, no, never, never like, say never yeah, again 2. it's too. never say never again if never on never say if never on never say never again was done with like a lower budget so it's like someone just wants to capitalize on a brand yeah. they don't really get the brand they but don't they really want to do the the, the the original material justice they want yeah. to do this other thing that's more like it's kind of like but the, we'll get some decent actors i got the perfect analogy it's like the DC movies. We want to be like Marvel, but we want to be different. But it's kind of like the same thing, but it's different. So we're going to try to... And it's just garbage. Not even, because the DC movies put like a lot of... Whether they're whether the end product is good or not is a, is a conversation for the DC complex. But... <laughs> But because whether whether we like those films or not, whether the end product is good or not, they do put a heck of a lot of money behind those things. Whereas this kind of felt like oh no yeah okay this is sort of like someone wanted to make a little bit of money off this, but didn't really have the money to make a great version of it. So we got this. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm more talking about the creative impulses, but yeah, money wise, obviously this is uh, you know you're not expecting uh, Avengers Infinity War from the BBC. <laughs> 
I'm not expecting that. <laughs> I I, I want to see the the, uh, the Infinity BBC War version, version of Ian yeah. Fleming's War Life, where where he he gets the Infinity Stone and stops <laughs> World War Two. Kind of want to see that. Would be, oh my god! And then just the Nazis just disappear. <laughs> They turn to cinder. <laughs> That'd be something. I'm buy. I'm, I'll buy it. I'm there day one, baby. They got my ticket. But yeah, no, I can't get terribly excited, but I can't. No, throw it, it, has throw it in the garbage. Yeah, Laura Pulver is obviously a fascinating. She's just fascinating too. Like whereas, whereas, uh, I think Annabelle Wallace is very, very sexyful. Like Laura Pulver is just beautiful in a different way. Like I don't know how hard on I'm, how hard I'm turned on by her. I know I am. I just don't know how much she has. Like that kind of look to mm. her. Like I want to look at her. You She's. Know. And she's a good actress. She's mysterious. There is, yeah, there's a sharpness. Yeah, mystery. There's a je ne sais quoi. Yeah, like really, she's a little, a little bit less approachable than uh, that Wallace is. So she, she's not, she's not your regular person. Sugar and spice. I mean, it's basically yeah. It. Wallace is sweet and whew, caliente. <laughs> she's very hot. Very, very hot. So there's there, that's that's Fleming that would. The man would be Bond. I mean, I really want like I've, the 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 uh, Golden Eye, the, the the man behind Bond, the thing that I just I, I can't get the name straight uh, with the uh, Spy Maker. Yeah, and the Spy Maker one. I I really want to eventually do both of them. Like Spy Maker, I think we're we're gonna have a good time. That's okay. probably something we. That's could one do. with <gasps> Sean Connery's son, right? That's something we should do as a commentary track and get drunk. We'll see. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, I think we're done. I think um, I, I I forgot something, Edgar. I think. What do you want? I, I need I to, like I need, to I, know. Something. I need information. I need something. I need what some. Do want, what do you want to know? I want to know if we have people everywhere. Oh my goodness, we do have people everywhere. I say, I concur. Do we have people everywhere? Oh, I believe that, so. Oh my God, Jan Fleming's in the house. Uh, Mr. Fleming, Mr. Fleming, can you can you tell our listeners where? They can find us. I'd be delighted, my dear Matthew. <laughs> www.thejamesbondcomplex.com I think Edgar and Matthew are doing just a brilliant job right there. It also serves as their Tumblr account, or whatever that might mean. There's a Facebook page at the James Bond Complex. I've maybe left a message or two myself. I think you're doing really doing a swell job there, lads. Uh, Twitter, if you're a little bird, if you're sort of like the birds of the West Indies, you can go to Twitter, at the Bond Complex. Uh, there's Instagram. I don't know how heavy or light it is. I don't know how much an Instagram weighs, but apparently you can watch pictures on that. Search for at the James Bond Complex. Uh, YouTube. Uh, I will try to I will try to tube. Uh, apparently you may tube already. Uh, there's a Google Play. I don't know why they gave it a child's language like Google Play, but uh, you can purchase for free, apparently. I, by the way, chaps, why are you giving this stuff for free? Are you bloody mad? Finally, there's iTunes. Finally, there's something I can do. I mean, you can tube, I will tune. And uh, yes, uh, give them, uh, if pardon the pun, a five-star go glowing golden gun review. <laughs> I came up with that one myself. No, you didn't. Shut up, you. 
these two fine gentlemen on Twitter. Matthew, you're at... Uh, Matt Claire with two T's. And you, I'm at double O pop. That's far too complicated, my dear boy. We're going to have to change that someday. Now, just as my creation, James Bond, always returns, Barbara, Michael, if you're listening, hmm? so too would these fine gentlemen at the James Bond complex with, I believe, a study and analysis of uh, the music of a particular era. Um, yes, yes, we are doing the 1960s uh, soundtracks of James Bond. Uh, we're doing more like uh, talking about the score, not the songs. Uh, so that's our upcoming discussion. Music to my ears, gentlemen. Perfect. You, you may proceed. Thank you. Toujours un plaisir. Merci. Et uh, pourquoi pas à la prochaine. Et vous, Monsieur Fleming? Merci. Au revoir. Oh, il a disparu. Put a fag in my mouth right now. <laughs> I love my Chesterfield. Oh. Uh, take care. Bye bye. <laughs>